0: Father Gregory Pine,
1: and this is Father Bonaventure Chapman,
0: and welcome to God Planning. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcasts. For this episode of Guest Planning, we are very delighted to be joined by Dr. Edward Shree. Thanks so much for joining us on the show.
2: Oh, so great to be with you all.
0: Um, so all of our listeners know who you are. Um, all of our listeners' house pets know who you are. Uh, but there's a slight chance that like the friends of our listeners, house pets who come from down the block and are like listening on the episode right now by accident, don't know you. So for those house pets, uh, the related house pets, would you say a word of introduction, who you are, where you're from um, and what type of work or apostolate you're engaged in?
2: Great. Dr. Edwards. Three. I am married to a wonderful woman, Beth. We just celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary. We have eight children. My first one's married. Uh, so 2022, 20, all the way down to our little seven-year-old Eleanor. So uh, we have a full house. That's that's my main life. Uh, my main job, I work with FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, as um, Senior Vice President of Apostolic Outreach. So basically overseeing all of what the mission, the heart of the mission, things that they do, whether it's campus, uh, what they're doing on collegiate outreach uh, in Europe, uh, to the United States, to Mexico, to what we're doing with um, parishes, who so are serving parishes as well, and our mission trips and conferences and things. So I work in that area. The heart of what we do is formation. So that's that's what I'm bringing, helping to bring across all the different aspects of the apostolate is uh, bringing the Catholic intellectual tradition to bear in ordinary daily life in apostolic work and evangelization. So that's my main job. I serve as a part time professor at the Augustine Institute here in Denver. So I live in Denver, both these apostles are here. And I, I like to write, I love writing. So written in many books, and um, I lead pilgrimages, I have my own podcast, all things Catholic. And um, my wife says I have 10 jobs. So I, I, I won't go through all those 10. But there we go.
0: <laughs> nice, people will sometimes ask how many like full time jobs slash part time jobs one has. And then you realize the limitations of language because you are like, I'm thinking about them all the time, but I'm not working on them all the time. So they're kind of like full-time, part-time jobs, but I like them and I don't feel ground under by them, but this explanation is becoming too long, you know? So hard, hard to sort out exactly how many jobs one has. <laughs> um, Father Bonaventure, it's true. you had a thought? Yeah,
1: well, I did. Um, so I'm excited, Dr. to to actually e-meet you or something because I've used... I use your book in Marriage Prep. Um, so, there's another. So, Man, Woman, and the Mystery of Love, um, which is fantastic. Um, it's insights, key insights from love and responsibility. We're going to talk about another book, I think, on this. But uh, I've always thought, I remember when I read, I was a, a Catholic convert, and I read Love and Responsibility by St. John Paul II. And I thought that changed my life. Just an incredible book. Mm-hmm. It's like a great book. I count on love and what it means to be human with each other. Uh, and I wanted to give that to people for marriage prep when I prep couples, but, but I haven't yet gotten myself to do it, uh, I think because of charity. Um, so I was so excited to find your Yeah, it's a serious, it's super serious book. One of the, like one of the, it's sections on sexology or something. Um, it's really good. It's really good. But your book has provided at least a... a it's it's helped them, I think, and helped me feel good about giving them a little bit of JP two because it's a nice introduction um, for them about what that book is about, and then shows them the other readings of it. So until I really get up the gumption to uh, just punish them, uh, <laughs> your book is the one that I use. So I'm very excited about uh, talking to you, and it's a great it's a great resource. So thank you for for making that accessible for for people who use it in the pews. You could say,
2: you know, Father, I don't know if you do work in marriage enrichment like after like, i don't know if, how much accompaniment you're able to do afterwards um None. my wife and i actually we wrote a book that's kind of a follow-up to that it's for the person that's been married you know three years oh. three kids or seven years you know where the yeah. realities of marriage like you can go in with all these starry eyes like, theology of the body i'm going to make my life a gift for this other person and yeah we love jesus we're catholic you know we'll have troubles but not like the rest of the world and then then you're humbled when you realize how hard it is, I'm sure similar to even entering Dominican community life, right? Yeah, your humanity comes out in all these hard ways and and you're humbled and and it's really hard. And I think couples need to hear that encouraging message Mm -hmm. that that's actually part of the process, you know, not to freak out when you're hurting, when you're hurt by your spouse, or when you go through seasons of you don't feel close, that's actually normal. It means the sacraments working and God's calling you to a deeper love. So I'll just plant that seed. Oh, It's great as a as another resource there
0: <laughs> perfect so a- apropos of the <clears throat> maybe disappointment or bemusement that happens when you enter or you embark upon your state of life i think i expected that with each year of religious life i would kind of progress to a higher mansion in saint teresa of Avila's description of the life of prayer so i was like you know year one mansion one year two mansion two you see how this goes and uh, part of my kind of disappointment slash bemusement is coming to discover that. <laughs> I I might be just as bad at prayer if one can speak such a sentence uh, now as I was 13 years ago when I entered. Uh, But fortunately, there are good resources out there for learning how to pray and that encourage you in the life of prayer. And you just wrote a recent book about just this theme. Would you tell us a little bit about it?
2: Oh, I'm so excited. In fact, I just got my copy a week ago. Uh, So here it is. There it is. It's called When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul. And you know where that is. That's beautiful. It's easy. I love that picture. This is the first time I ever had got from a publisher. They sent me a cover. And do you have any comments? I was like, that's amazing. And I just framed it. <laughs> it's just this yeah. beautiful but But um, the book is, it's really, it's called When You Pray. And it's about not so much like, I have a, I have a chapter on like practical tips to get started in prayer for those that, you know, are, are not as familiar with the life of prayer. But it's not as much about how to pray as much as it is about what God is doing in your soul when you pray and the journey he wants to take us on in our interior lives and how to cooperate mm-hmm. with his graces and meet him in the many challenges that come up. Like like we talked about marriage, we talked about religious life and even our relationship with God, that there's gonna be times where we feel like, I, I just, I stink at prayer. I don't feel close to God in prayer. I'm just distracted, uh, I'm restless. And I, I just, I wonder, am I getting anything out of this? Is, is my prayer pleasing to the Lord. <laughs> I tell a story. In fact, um, we, we were, we were, you all know father Paul Murray in Rome. Um, he was the great Dominican spiritual theologian and was, uh, the, I took so many classes from him when I was doing my studies at the Angelica many years ago. And, but he became a good friend, a spiritual director. He was the priest of our wedding, but he shares this story in a little book he wrote about mother Teresa. And, uh, and it, in the book, he tells the story of how he was in the chapel and he was having one of those moments of just feeling like, Okay, I was here for this holy hour, but I wasn't really here to God. I was this worth it, and 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 then the holy hour ends, and they leave the chapel. He and Mother Teresa are walking out, and they're talking about the sisters and the retreat that they're doing. And Father didn't say anything about his little struggle in prayer, but he he uh, but all of a sudden, Mother Teresa just stops while they're walking, and looks him in the eye and says, "Father, you know never never leave the chapel feeling discouraged. You know, feeling like your prayer, you know, wasn't worth it or that you accomplished nothing." Says you. No matter what happens in the chapel, we can always give God our 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 nothing. <laughs> we can give him even that that feeling of inadequacy that you know. I here I was. I tried, but I fell short. And but we can even give God that. And and then they went on, and she, she starts talking about the retreat. But he was. She was reading his soul. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he didn't say anything about this. But but I love that line. Give God your nothing, because as you know, Aquinas. He talks about like, – when he talks about prayer, he talks about how the intention to pray is is foundational. Uh, we might not be able to maintain attention. We're not angels. We're human beings. We're going to – we'll have moments of distraction and, and our mind wandering. So we might not be able to keep attention, but if we go into our prayer with a good intention, that's still something beautiful. Mm-hmm. That we can give to god and then intention kind of pervades the the whole the whole time of prayer if it's a good intention I know it's like i show up you know and i have all my notifications on in the chapel and i'm just you know checking email that that's not a good intention but if i'm really sincere lord i really want to mm-hmm. give you this time i want to give you my best and then even if it you know turns out i feel like it's a mess it, it's still i'm giving god that good intention
1: well a little rhyme there um yeah mm-hmm. i'm reminded uh, dr shree of saint augustine when he talks about what wanting to want God, sometimes wanting to want is is enough or it's a good place to start. And if we don't want to pray, uh, or if we don't want to sit down with God at this moment, particular moment, we can want to want to sit down with God. We can say, we ought, we want, I want to be here, even though I don't, I want to want to be here, even though I don't want to be here at this moment. I was thinking though, as we get more and farther and farther away from a Christendom and the model of people understanding what Christianity is even, I'm convicted that, Many people out there in the world, and especially in America and other places, just are giving up. They don't even know the basics, you could say. Prayer is going to be something stranger and stranger to people, mm-hmm. uh, whereas before, say 50 years ago even, if you weren't Catholic, you'd still pray. And everyone knew the Our Father, you know, a lot of people did at least. And it wouldn't make sense. It would. And praying before meals was something that people would do as well, whereas people are getting more and more, I think, forgetting how to do it, even Christians and the point of it. So on the very basis, before we talk about the specifics in the book, when someone would approach you or in this formation, you're doing formation of students for focus and say, well, why pray? What does it do? What's Mm. it for? What's, what's going on? Um, What do you, do you have like a, a short little elevator pitch uh, that you give on this? Or is it such a befuddling question that it's just like, ah, what do you, what would you say to someone who said, well, what, what, why pray?
2: Yeah. All right. I'm going to give my, general answer and then I might Great. tailor it to somebody if I'm like a total postmodern there's no idea I would I, I might steer it uh, you know in a certain direction but the general answer is first of all I would say why do we pray because out of justice right the virtue of religion right? we owe it to God <laughs> we owe God our mm-hmm. worship our time our uh our his pr- uh, we, we should praise him thank him tell him we're sorry all those things that's just a part of you know our relationship with God first and foremost mm-hmm. secondly we pray because it's good for our souls uh it, we were made for prayer you know, I, I love that line, you know, from from the liturgy, you know, uh, that even the desire, to, you know, to praise you is itself a gift, you know. So I, I love that that we were made for this and that's where we're going to find our fulfillment. The other thing is in prayer. This is where we find our transformation uh, is, is if I take time each day, not and not just saying prayers, not just doing devotions, you know, like the rosary or divine mercy chapel, which are awesome. I hope we have that. But I'm not talking about just saying prayers, uh, even liturgy of the hours, which is mm-hmm. you know liturgical prayers, beautiful. We should have that in our lives if we can. That's great. But I'm about do we have that quiet time for intimate daily conversation with God every day? Mm-hmm. Um, Saint Teresa of Avila, you mentioned earlier, Father Gregory is, you know, in the in the in the mansions. I was just there actually in Avila with my wife for our 24th anniversary. I took her to um, to Lezure. We got to pray at the tomb of Saint Therese. and then. My wife loves John of the Cross. She just is passionate about John of the Cross. She reads everything on John of the Cross, and mm-hmm. um, if if John of the Cross wasn't a saint, I might be jealous because she just gets so excited <laughs> about John. Mm-hmm. The Cross. But we went and walked in his footsteps. We got to go to Avila, and they have where 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 she's uh, the convent where she entered. They have these nine Roman numerals in the little plaza outside, and symbolizing those nine mansions, mm-hmm. those deep levels of the interior life. And you know we can contemplate where are we. But Teresa of Avila says. You know what, if you're not praying every day in meditation, mental prayer, you know, with Lectio Divino, Ignatian meditation, you're not, you're not even at the first level, you're still on the outside, you know, so we have to have that daily prayer um, and, and it, it's, it's good for our souls because that's where we end up being changed by God. And then I would say a third thing. So it's, we owe it to God. Secondly, it's good for our souls and our transformation. But thirdly, it's, uh it's, it's good for the other people around us. This is the big point I will say. I just gave some talks at the Stubenville conference on the new book just this last weekend. And this point really resonated with so many people. I I highlighted how we need the other people in our life are dependent on us praying. And if we don't have an interior life, we won't be able to give the best of ourselves. Like uh, to my wife, like my wife needs me to pray. (laughs) Like she can Mm -hmm. tell like some days if I'm just a little cranky or something goes, did you get your prayer time in today? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. uh, but I need Christ radiating through me. I need his life like love I, like anyways i love Beth, but my love for her falls short because i have pride and selfishness and impatience and all these little weaknesses that come out she needs christ loving her through uh, christ loving through me I, I, and my kids need that my kids are dependent on me having a deep interior life if i don't have a prayer life i can only give myself and i and the best of myself isn't me the best of myself is christ in me so, all right. So long answer, mm-hmm. Father Bonaventure, to the big three things I always say, we owe it to God. It's good for our transformation. But thirdly, the people around us need us to pray. I will not be a good husband, as good as I need to be if I'm not praying. I'm, I'm, I, my children will suffer the effects of a father that doesn't have a deep interior life. So I need to pray for the sake of the people in my life. Um, that's that's the big answer. Now, mm-hmm. I think you're getting at, what if there was just like some college student that didn't grow up in a Christian space and they're like what? what is this all about <laughs> mm-hmm. you know i'm probably starting really basic at that point you know you know I, i'm hoping that they at least believe in god let's use that as just a, mm-hmm. a basic standard a stand, starting point uh i think for them i i would talk to them uh, i would use this line you know it's in it's in the catechism you know that that prayer is just a close sharing between friends mm-hmm. and just like i i want to have a friendship with my wife, I want to know her heart, I want to share what's going on in my life, that helps our relationship. If I want a good friendship with God, I need to actually have time to talk to him. Now, what does that look like? What does that mean? I mean, does he hear my prayers? I go, well, if he's God, he, you know, he's all-powerful and all-knowing. All he, he's, he's capable of hearing a million people's prayers all at the same time because he's God. I know it might be hard for us to understand. Those are some questions that come up. But they're probably more it's more mysterious for them they've never done it before
1: mm-hmm.
2: so the number one thing i think i would do with them is i rather than just talk about prayer i would just i would invite them said can i just lead us in a short little prayer right now just give you a sense of what that's like i'll share with you how i do it and i wouldn't yeah. necessarily use our father you know or hail mary although i do, do, do these every prayer life i would just talk to god and i would take time to listen i might pull out a bible verse and do a little lexio divina with them uh, just, I think they need an experience. This is what we see in focus is that when people, young people get the experience of prayer more than the teaching, you know, they need the teaching. But when they get an experience of a focused missionary walking through how to do Lexio Divina, praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament, that, that's what's most impactful.
1: Okay, that's great.
0: Um, okay, so I'm thinking of, you know, a committed, you know, committed Christian, let's say, let's stick with high school or college. And, you know, focus will sometimes describe the, the transformation of the students whom they serve on campus by this, like win, build, send, um, triptych. So I'm thinking of somebody kind of in the build stage, uh, who's really, really desirous of having a deep interior life, uh, but experiences much in the way of disappointment or much in the way of even disillusionment. Um, and like, they really want to get the most out of prayer. They really want to get the most out of mass. And they're trying to find ways by which to do so. Um, but they kind of feel it in themselves, they feel a kind of fragility, like, if I if I can't kind of crack this nut, or if I can't find a kind of hack for it, mm. then I'm just nervous that I'm going to kind of give in or just capitulate or just give it up entirely, because it's, it's too demanding, it's too exigent, it just places too much of a claim on my humanity. And I, this experience of, of continually failing is, oh, it's just brutal. Um, so a person in that type of situation, you know, uh, the insights in the book, or maybe some of the insights from the saints, whom uh, you cover in the in the context of the book. What are what are words uh, that apply in those situations or for those particular lives?
2: Well, I would say those uh, those issues I I need to be encouraged in <laughs> because I have <laughs> be times where I feel like my prayer isn't going well. Um, so, a couple of things I would I would want to highlight is let's see. First of all, uh, it, whatever feelings we get from prayer is not the center of our prayer life. I think that's important to measure. Like if I want to. Like if there was a thermometer for my spiritual life and i wanted to check am i growing in my spiritual life i don't check feelings (laughs) you know uh when when god blesses us with a consolation where we feel close to him or i feel like i'm getting something out of this you know i uh, i i get some insight into my life or i understand something you know whatever it is you know like i come away from prayer And when people say i have good prayer i was good time in the chapel i think they're talking about the feelings they get out of prayer Mm -hmm. and those are gifts and we thank the lord when that happens but just like any relationship, the, it's not about the feelings. Like in my marriage, it's you know, there's those great time. I get to take my wife on date night. You know, we're on pilgrimage recently. It's awesome. Then there's other times where we just got kids waking up at two in the morning. We just got to work. We got to serve, or she's sick, or in, uh, in a bad mood, or whatever's going. On. And, and I, it's not about the feelings. Uh, and, and real love is resides in the will, and and so it, it's the act of the will, right? The commitment of the will to will the good of the other. And if I love God. It's not about how many feelings i have it's my faithfulness i think that's one big point i would highlight It's being faithful loyal even when i don't get feelings out of it even when it's hard it feels like drudgery simply showing up that might be a more powerful gift i'm offering god than in those moments when i have all this delight in prayer and it's awesome I, i'm going to share with you there's a there's a quote i shared this at the studentville conference and so many people like just came back and said, oh, Dashri, give me that quote again. I could tell this quote from St. Faustina uh, really resonated. I quote her where she's writing about those times when you have spiritual delight and then those times of just great dryness and you feel like you've accomplished nothing. (laughs) She says, one act of trust at such moments, those moments of darkness, dryness and prayer, one act of trust in such moments gives greater glory to God than whole hours passed in prayer filled with consolations. I think that's because, again, if you remember what love is, like, you know, love, like when you have to sacrifice, when you have to like work hard at it and serve someone else, it actually means more than just, oh, that was easy and it was fun. You know, I got a lot out of it. Uh, and we're actually, in a sense, proving our love to God by just being faithful and showing up. And that's what the saints are going to say over and over again, is that how important it is that we just remain faithful to prayer. Now, mm-hmm. still, what's going on? And I, this is where you'll, you'll love this because uh, St. Uh, Catherine of Siena. Uh, just has some great, great insights on this. She wrote a letter once where she's addressing this, like, why is it that it's so hard? I want to pray. You know, I love God and it's, but I'm going through, I feel like I'm just going through the motions. I don't feel like he's there. I I don't think I'm good at this. Like, why is it so hard? If I want to pray, God wants me to pray. Why is it so difficult sometimes? And she says, sometimes it's the devil who's discouraging us, the devil discouraging us that The devil knows how powerful prayer is he knows how important it is and so he'll do anything he can to get us to stop praying he'll even use discouragement he'll use our sincere desire to pray well like i want to pray well i want to be close to god and and my acute awareness that i'm not really good at this and i don't feel close to god and 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 he'll use that to get us to think i stink at prayer Mm -hmm. uh i i this isn't worth it anymore i'm not I'm not good at prayer. I'm not getting anything out of this. I don't feel it. Like, like, those voices aren't coming from God. They're coming from the devil. And he wants to do everything he can to discourage us to think it's not worth it. Why bother? You stink at this. It's not pleasing to God. And 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 Catherine makes that point. No, no, it, your prayer, If like coming back to what we said earlier, if we come with the right intention, it is beautiful to God. It is pleasing. But the devil gets us to think it's not. I'll share, a, I share a story in the book here about, true story my, my kids when it was mother's day a number of years ago and they went and got beth um some flowers to put into a vase now they didn't go to the store they're little kids they just went into the field behind our house here and um and and they got her they didn't get her flowers nice beautiful roses they got her some weeds and it wasn't even those nice pretty yellow dandelions like those kind of look cute you know no, no, these are those like thorny, spiky, ugly weeds that look like they came out of Mordor or something, right? You know, and, and they put they, they they put these weeds in this be- nice, really beautiful vase. And they're waiting for her to come down in the morning. She comes down, they rush to her, and Beth sees the weeds in a vase, <laughs> and she just smiles and she says, oh, thank you so much. This is awesome. She gives them a big hug. Now, what's she doing? Is she rejoicing over the spiky, thorny, you know? from hell weeds no no she's she's rejoicing in the hearts of the dog she sees that my daughters are thinking of me and they want to give me a present that's what she sees and I think that's important for us to know that in our prayer life you know whatever is in our vase that we give to God it might be beautiful roses someday we feel like and other times it feels like these horrible weeds but what's most important is not what's in the vase it's mostly it's, it's my heart and the gift that I'm giving and we wanna get our prayer better, and you know we can talk about that as, as, as well. But but I think it's important we just keep that in mind that it's the devil that's discouraging us to think you you stink. It wasn't mm-hmm. worth it, it's it's not pleasing to God. So that's a point Catherine makes. One last thing I'll say from Catherine is that, she also says, it's not just the devil, it could be sometimes something God's doing. That God, she says, in one of her dialogues, mystical dialogues, God's speaking to her, and God says, I sometimes pretend not to hear your prayers. Which is a funny line. Like, why why is God doing that? Well, sometimes God will withdraw his sense of his closeness to us, pretend like he's not hearing. He really is. I want to be clear. He's always close to us in prayer. And he's always hearing our prayers. But he doesn't always give us those feelings of delight because he's testing our hearts to see, will we still come? Am Mm -hmm. am I coming just for those feelings, those insights? Or am I coming for, for him? and 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 she also has this wonderful line where she talks about how god like like comes and goes you know it's like she says it's it's a lover's game like like so like absent makes the hearts go fonder you know and, and where god when we don't sense his presence are our, our deeper desires which are for him come out more mm-hmm. like our desires aren't ultimately for consolation and for feelings they're ultimately for god himself and when he withdraws that that the sweetness of the spiritual life it, it makes us, you know, be more in touch with the the deeper desires on our souls, which are for God and God alone. And so it's a normal process in the spiritual life for us to have seasons where we don't feel close to him. And it might be not me praying badly. It might not be the devil rattling me and discouraging me. It might be actually God himself, the, the loving bridegroom withdrawing a sense of his presence, but it doesn't mean he's not there. That's what she says. She goes, I might withdraw my feelings, but my grace is still there. I'm testing your heart to see will you still come?
1: Yeah, this is, and to tie this to Saint John of the Cross, um, he of course takes up this Song of Songs, the spiritual canticle, and talks about the the dynamics of the of the lover and the beloved and the chase in, involving these things that has to have distance before they have a union. And he goes through, of course, developing this. So this notion that God will seem as if not hearing or seem as if abandoned to, to draw one's heart to search harder. Um, and panting after, you know, as the deer pant after the stream, so I long for you. Uh, but we say that as well. As we're, we're saying those words. Uh, so I think it's, you're right, it's important to remember that God cares about the intention, the heart is what really matters, not particularly the content. At the same time, that's a good encouragement for all of us beginners, and we're all kind of beginners in prayer, since prayer is loving conversation with God, and that really only happens face-to-face, I suspect, in, in, in Beatitude. Um, yet at the same time, we, we should not to be surprised that it's it's hard and it takes a while to get started and to be good at it because it's hard to talk. It takes for a while to learn as a child how to actually talk confidently with someone and speak. And you get to learn that by mimicking others and paying attention and watching others and learning language from those others. And the master rhetoricians are ones who have a command of all sorts of experiences and examples. And I think the saints, this is a beautiful thing about Catholics, is we have we have master prayers we have people who are master orators with God and have communicated. And some saints appeal to some, their prayer life, and other saints appeal to others. Fa- Faustina, for me, if I want to know and learn how to pray, I, listen, I read her diary and spend time with that. Um, but they're master prayers that we can mimic and imitate. Um, It sounds like in this book, there's a lot of examples from these master prayers. Are there particular uh, prayers that you found helpful or do you have, are there a bunch in here for different people, different strokes, for different folks, that kind of thing? What do you have to say about the master prayers, the hermeneuts of prayer, you could say?
2: Oh, yeah. I have a lot of different saints we cover in here. I I love your analogy about like a child that takes time to learn how to talk it takes even longer father for a child to learn how to listen <laughs> mm-hmm. anytime that's that's what we're, we're we're like little kids and we're learning how to talk to God but then the real art is learning to listen and allow him to lead us mm-hmm. um and that's really what the book is at the heart is, is really all about is helping us to grow in listening to God and then surrendering our lives to God so we're being changed by him Teresa of Avila that's what, what she writes about is that that's every every prayer, you know. Ha, ha, in the end, whatever wherever you are and wherever you are in the mansions, whatever degree of prayer you're in, it ultimately is meant to lead us to give our lives more as a gift to God, whatever that is. So, some of the different saints we look at. Well, we've, we've already talked about Saint Teresa of Avila. I've mentioned John of the Cross. I have a, a whole section on on John of the Cross. Opening up for the average Catholic, you know, he's often kind of intimidating and scary, and you know, he's like really intense and he talks about the dark night of the soul. But I want to just talk, I wanted the average Catholic to be aware of some of those deeper degrees of prayer and what might happen if you go through an intense kind of purgation and darkness that, that he describes. So I have something on that. But I use him also to talk about like the ordinary purgation that that, he, mm-hmm. that all Christians go through and how he, he wants to purify our, God wants to he loves us so much he doesn't just want us to experience us close he wants to heal us at the deepest levels so all of our attachments our imperfections he wants to heal our our emotions we have rightly ordered desires and that's you know so this is where you get a little bit of you, know, you all would love this because I took little to mystic moral theology which should be always seen in the mystical life as well right so that so i have like sections later in the book about that early on i talk a lot about mother Teresa uh, and her spirituality of i thirst as seeing mm-hmm. that prayer is ultimately not about what I do and my performance. It's more God's initiative. And God's been thirsting for me. And if I have simply the desire to pray or to get better at prayer, to learn more about prayer, God put that desire there. Um, uh, so I, I, we, we look at her. We've already mentioned St. Catherine of Seattle a lot. I, I use her a lot for the, a lot of the struggles that we have in prayer. Um, St. John Paul II and St. Faustina. Uh I have sections in, in the book it, it the book is arranged not according to saints. It's more according to themes. So it starts mm-hmm. off with struggles in prayer, how to get started in prayer and then it then it looks at this theme of trust and surrender. and I really use j p two um just a man of great confidence and courage. I mean just like whenever you hear his voice. On a, like a v- old video or something, aren't you just inspired? Mm-hmm. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a man that you just—he so knows God and he knows God's in charge. No matter what's happening, whether it's the Nazis invading or the Communists or what's happening with you know heretics in the church when he was pope, you know, like he just has this amazing confidence in God. And when we have that confidence in God, it leads his deeper inner peace. So Saint Faustina, of course, Jesus, I trust in you, and the Divine Mercy Chaplet. So I we use them as like a that theme on trusting God, um mm-hmm. and and and. And not giving in to the many anxieties that 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 are out there in the world today. Um, there's sections on Saint Therese of Lisieux, really big on the little way of evangelization and walking through. So basically, what the book is, it's 30 short reflections. Mm-hmm. So you can call them chapters, but they're short reflections that are not again, it's not a book about prayer. It's a book I hope people take to prayer that they mm-hmm. are encountering. It's really not my writings. I'm just assembling the great wisdom of the saints and they learn in small, bite-sized pieces who Therese was, what she struggled with, how she came to the little way, what is the little way really all about? How does it apply to my life? You know, So we look at that. I have chapters on St. John Henry Newman, on if I want mm-hmm. to live as a Christian and have a deep interior life in this world, I gotta be very cautious about the ways the, of the, the, the mindset of the world, the ways of the world, how it keeps me from growing in the spiritual life. We looked at St. Benedict as an early Christian model of this. How he steps away from the ways of the world to go deeper so that he can then be a source of transformation to the world uh and then finally we look at saints like bernard of Clairvaux, saint um, francis of assisi and a little bit of catherine as well on the real sign of holiness is not how many whole hours i do and how many rosaries i recite but it's re- do i radiate christ to other people uh and my love for the people right around me my spouse my children the poor the sick uh like where we're we're we are reflecting the love of christ we're so transformed so we look at is i love this line from catherine of Siena when she as you all know the story but she was you know had that time of solitude for three years and then god says i want you to go out back into the world and with the people of sienna she's like oh no i just want to be with you and then she says no no i'm going to teach you to walk with two feet now two feet not just one foot love of god but love of neighbor as well
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: so that gives you a little sense there's many more saints we looked at but that those are probably some of the big ones
0: beautiful um so you mentioned the book and then there are also resources that accompany it mindful that um, the episode will launch in late august do you have a prospective date for its release and then upon release where will folks be able to find it
2: it's already out people can get it right now at ascensionpress.com when you pray ascensionpress.com when you pray they have actually a free sample video um so you can get a sample a taste of what the video study is so the book the book stands on its own this is you can use this for like a 30-day prayer challenge I'm often challenging people to say hey if you have never had a consistent prayer life or you used to and you're not as consistent you need to kind of jumpstart your prayer life you can use the 30 reflections as a guide for that and and you don't have to finish each reflection that's it's not important that you read the book it's more important that you talk to God for 30 days <laughs> so but the book stands on its own uh and just something you could use for your own enrichment It comes with a reflection question at the end of every reflection there's something that you can take the wisdom of the saint and apply it to your life but we did do this video study because there's not really a lot out there in the faith formation resource world on the on catholic spirituality Uh, there's many things on the bible the books of the bible things on marriage prep rcia you know lots of great stuff there but there's not as much on 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 the themes of the saints and catholic spirituality So. Um, that, that is out as well, and they can get that at Ascension Press slash when you pray, and that's where they can see the free video. So it comes with workbooks. You can use it in a small group. You can use it as a married couples group, a men's group, a women's group, a Bible study group. And so it comes with you watch the video and we filmed overseas, uh, at the sites of many of these saints or the relics of the saints and places they lived. And so it kind of makes the, those saints come alive. So there's a little video reflection, and then you meet in a small group and then you talk about it together.
0: Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And it, and it seems like, especially in this, this moment in the life of the church, it corresponds to a need that a lot of people feel, obviously there's always need for prayer, but sometimes, you know, if like you kind of search things on the internet, you'll see, oh, wow, it looks like a lot of people are clicking on this or that. And I was just looking at the videos, um, from the talks given at seek this past year and the talk given by sister mary grace on you know like kind of seven tips for improving your life of prayer was enormously popular Mm -hmm. so i think yeah a lot of people desire this intensity and intimacy in their relationship with the lord and um it's (laughs) it's always difficult to be patient as he visits us with his (laughs) revelation and grace and certainly anything that we can do to remove hindrances or obstacles to that life is you know salutary um so thanks so much for for writing the book for putting together the resources and thanks so much for joining us on the podcast
2: Oh, thanks for all you all do. God bless.
0: Cheers. All right. Turning then to you, the listener. uh, Thanks so much for having tuned in to this episode of God's planning. If you would follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, I think it's still called Twitter. I think the logo changed, but maybe the name will change at a certain point. Who knows? Everything's up in the air with that platform. It's like wild. Um, If you would like the episode, subscribe on YouTube or your podcast app and leave a five star review, all of which helps to get the word out. And please, God will be instrumental in deepening the lives of prayer of those who tune in. Uh, if you'd like to donate to the podcast through Patreon, you can follow the link in the description or show notes. And in those same description and our show notes, you'll find links for merchandise and links for uh, our upcoming events, uh, the most pertinent of which is a young adults retreat to be held at the beginning of November. Uh, so it's November 3rd through 5th at Malvern Retreat House outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So we hope to meet you there. We hope to pray with you there. Uh, we hope to yeah deepen our relationships begun on the podcast there. So that's all we have for you. Know of our prayers for you. Please pray for us, and we'll look forward to chatting with you next time.